0: This is React Podcast. I'm Chantastic. Welcome, React friends. This week, we sit with Eric Rasmussen to discuss forms in React. We talk about his library Redux form and its evolution to final form a framework agnostic approach to making dynamic forms easy along the way we talk open source maintenance and monetization struggles if you're interested in that sweet sweet open source fame this is a good one to listen to before we dive in i want to take a minute and thank Git prime for sponsoring this episode Git Prime has a book they want to give you. It's called 20 Patterns to Watch For in Your Engineering Team. It's really good. It will help you identify and fix failing engineering strategies like code hoarding, bit twiddling, and unusually high churn. They have 20 of these, hence the name of the book. And uh, you need to read it. Now, you might be thinking, this sounds like a book for managers. And to that, I say, no, this is a book for leaders. And you, my friend, are a leader. There's been a lot of internet chatter this week about being a 10x dev, most of it nonsense, but I can tell you one thing that always makes you a more valuable contributor, the ability to communicate well and identify bottlenecks. If you wanna level up your engineering game, read this book. It is a spotlight on issues your team is most assuredly facing. When you take this book, shine a light on them and hit them head on, you'll look like a natural leader. As you address those issues, and improve effective collaboration. Visit getprime.com slash 20 patterns. That's the number 20 patterns for your free copy. Get Prime, engineers build business. Eric, welcome to React Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm a <laughs> longtime listener. <laughs> I'm happy to have you back. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be super honest. We recorded before mm-hmm. and we talked a ton about. Uh, open source sponsorship and monetization and how difficult that was and then like you you made some 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 brilliant thoughts about how like github was uniquely poised to do this yep and then like two weeks later y- y- it's like you're a prophet like everything that you said kind of like came true and yeah so, you know what? that didn't age very well we should <laughs> probably uh probably record
1: this yeah 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 when you that's the problem that's the problem with being a prophet is you got to uh, have a quick release cycle on your podcast. <laughs> otherwise, you, otherwise, you look like you're cheating.
0: <laughs> so apart from being a prophet, what are you up to right now? Where are you working and what are you working on?
1: Well, uh, my day job is at a company in North Carolina where I do not that interesting stuff using Java and, uh, and some old uh, JavaScript libraries. Stuff that pays the bills. Stuff that pays the bills. It's not um it's not it's not all that exciting. Although I have little by little been able to pull some React uh into into my my day job oh, awesome. and build little smaller web apps using like Next.js or something to accomplish a task. Cool. So little by little we're sneaking the uh some green into the brown field. <laughs> but um it's uh but it 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 pays the bills and um and as for open source, that's sort of just a, a side hobby of mine. That um, I don't know for some reason, despite uh, I, I don't know, I find it really rewarding. Yeah, that, um, it's it's. I can't really put my finger on why it is, but people are actually grateful for uh, for code that I've written in a way that your uh, your your corporate bosses often aren't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now that that brings up an interesting question is like how how did you get into this space if you're not using it at work? So how did you get into the 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 form in react, you know, redux, open source space if this is not something that is part of your work? Right.
1: Well, I mean, side projects. We all have side projects and I had a side project that was going to be well, it, it it was going to require a form where it, a complicated form, like this sort of thing where you're like, you're filling out your, your resume or your LinkedIn profile. Right. And a LinkedIn profile is a complicated form. Yeah. So there was a whole bunch of, of questions and you had to, you know, be able to add uh different, you know, work experience or, or education experience. And that was pretty complicated. And I, was already sort of building, using React and some other side projects, so clearly I wanted to use React because I could see that it was the one true way. Uh, And I started looking into how to build forms in React and how to manage form data, and the React docs are not very helpful. The React docs tell you, look, this is how to manage manage one input. You keep your, your value in state, and then you have a controlled input, and... They don't say anything about oh, and if you have other inputs, then maybe do do it this way.
0: Yeah, they tell you all of the 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 anatomy of like form elements, but right. not like hey, this is how you actually construct a form in React.
1: Right, and if you've got more than one input, you know you're going to have to raise that state up to some container component or some some system like that. And so I, it was just like like I think most open source. Libraries get started as it 's a problem that the author needed to solve, and it was clearly a relatively generalizable problem because every web app practically has a form <laughs> yeah. uh, and at the At the time also when i was starting, when I was doing that, uh, redux was just about was it was really just before Redux got officially launched, but I was I was paying attention to the um, to the React Flux uh, mm-hmm. chat area, and I could see that you know this was the time right after Facebook had said, "Oh yeah, we have this great architecture that we call uh, Flux," yep. and here's a here's a picture diagram of how it works. <laughs> And here's, here's no code to do anything with it. And so everyone uh, that was around at that time went out and wrote their own flux implementation with their stores and their actions and stuff. And uh, I certainly wrote my own because it made sense as a way to get state from down deep in the tree up to a pyre to let it sort of trickle down.
0: What was it? What was it called by the way? your Flux flexible implementa- implementation did it have a did it have a back to the future name like all the rest of them
1: <laughs> no it didn't in fact it was it was only for my own project it wasn't i didn't try and open source it or, or anything uh i don't know it was just called stores or something Who knows? <laughs> okay. something stupid uh but uh, so i saw redux was taking off and i thought well you know i need a way to manage a bunch of state and Redux is being billed as the way to manage state in your application. And so uh, I even, in the, in the React flux, I, I asked uh, Dan, I said, is there uh, I I I, I can't update my, my I can't dispatch an action and update my Redux state on every single key press. Right. That seems like way too, <laughs> way too much. And, and he came back and said, I don't see, well, I don't see why not uh, try it. And so I, that's what that's how redux form got started it was just a little reducer that took you know change and blur and focus uh, actions and the field name and then sort of kept your form state in in a redux object and i was surprised how quickly everyone descended upon it and found it as as and clearly needed a form solution for react yeah. there was there just weren't any and the, again, this is just when React was really becoming popular. People were finally getting over the uh, the HTML and JavaScript living together. And, uh, and Redux form became quite popular. And I guess I sort of kept with it. It was sort of a fun problem to solve. This was new territory, really. And people gave me all these different use cases. Like Whenever you open source something that solves one little problem for you, you, everyone comes and says, oh, this is so close to what I need to do, but I, can we just add this one config parameter so it slightly behaves this differently in this other way? And it sort of grew and grew in popularity and, uh, and unfortunately in, in bundle size. Kind of balloons so, out of control if, once you get too many hands in the pot. If you, yeah, if you keep saying, yes, I'll add your little thing, yes, I'll add your little thing, mm. yes, I'll add your little thing, eventually you get a thousand uh, config parameters. This is something that
0: I've I've actually heard I've heard talks about. We've talked about it on the show quite a bit. Is that you know as a new kind of open source you know creator maintainer, you want to you want to say yes because you know you've got people's attention and that's very exciting, and you want to be able to say oh yeah we can totally make this happen. But yep. it feels like there comes a point in every library where you've now lost the spirit of whatever you're creating. Um, that that now it's it's no longer easy or or fun or whatever. It has so many. It has it's it's burdened with configuration, which is like one of our least favorite things to try to parse through. Right. Um, so so that was uh, Redux final final form, correct?
1: No, that was Redux form.
0: Oh, sorry, Redux form. So that was Redux form. How did that uh, kind of like migrate into uh, final form today?
1: Okay. Well, with Redux form, I got quite a bit of feedback from from the community. And some of it was things like, well, people are using Redux with Angular and other frameworks. Hmm. Uh, isn't your, isn't Redux form really just a reducer? Why can't we use it with, with other frameworks? And the answer to that was that it's actually, it was pretty tightly coupled to the React Redux um, mm, binding. State, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and also people, people were complaining about the bundle size. it was just enormous, and other people wanted uh render functions to do your your fields and your form and stuff and the way redux form was written it wasn't that wasn't really possible because of the way it was using uh react create element and sure. anyway there were some some nitty details there so it was tied and, too
0: closely to react and redux specifically
1: yes, yes and also. Um, well, anyway, there, there was quite a bit of, of feedback, um, and I thought about how I could potentially, you know, make a better form library. And it it took me quite a while to of just thinking about it. But then I then it occurred to me, what if you could have a form library that was just the thing that managed your form state? It didn't care about where what framework you used or anything like that. It just knew how to have a collection of fields and and take focus and blur and change events and update the values of those fields and have validation and do all of these things that all forms everywhere need even on on all on all devices really. Um, what if that could just be in pure JavaScript and then you could build a little wrapper around that for React or for any other framework and so that's how final form came to be uh it's i i because i had all this experience in all these use cases of what if of what people need forms to be i was able to i really i sort of i built the api first the the outer shell of the api and using using flow to uh strongly type it i was then able to go and actually make it so that it all worked and I had all these tests, ex- these tests from Redux form that I could, I could verify that it all worked. And so that's sort of how final form and React final form were born. Interesting. So,
0: did you start a fully new project, or did you start it as like trying to pull the guts out of you know React Redux? Or sorry, there's there's so many project names I keep opening I yeah. them up. Uh, re- did you start the Redux play- form? the guts out of Redux form and kind of use that as a starting point for...
1: No, I didn't because the whole... Because I didn't build... It's not built with a reducer in I mind. See. Because of the functional nature of the reducer where you've got your state and your action and then you get your new state, It's it didn't really didn't really work like that. Like I, I considered building sort of a, a internal reducer inside, mm-hmm. but um, instead I went another way that's slightly more imperative uh, coding in the JavaScript. But it, um, it uh, like the internals of the engine don't really matter that much as long, as it, as, long sure. as it works, right? Is
0: Redux form something that you still maintain or have you moved fully into the final form suite of products? Yeah.
1: I, I I tried for a little while to maintain uh, Redux form, you know, in to the level of uh, merging pull requests and doing releases and stuff, not really fixing any bugs because you know software is never complete. But <laughs> Redux Redux form has enough users that I feel pretty confident that most of the use cases are are handled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, little by little, I sort of started pulling back from that and a couple months ago I found uh, someone that is going to make keep on maintaining that and doing that that level of work because I got so focused on the new thing that I really, whenever I had to just make a decision on the, on the old thing, I had to go and relearn how that, how Redux form was built and how it was doing things. I wasn't, it wasn't in that right mind space.
0: Yeah. Now I've I've actually heard this a lot. When I talked with uh, Kent, he was, you know, he, he sunsets projects like pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and um, or or hands them off. And I, this seems. I, I am not an open source, uh, you know, open sourcer or whatever you know people call themselves who who, who create uh, awesome open source projects.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it seems like there comes a point where you really have to ask yourself, you know, if you're the best steward for this library that you've created. You know, no matter how much you like it or how valuable it was to you at the time. Um, because, you know, like you said, it's hard for you to get back into that mind space Yes, and, for sure. and do this thing that maybe someone, you know, really needs and really wants and would be able to to shepherd that. How does that, how does that feel as someone who's created something, but then kind of is in a position to have to pass it off?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was my baby for a while, but you gotta let the, you gotta, you know, kick the little baby bird out of the nest at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's sort of a bad metaphor, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that our community is, is richer for the people that can, can do that, can spawn the right idea because, and then maybe let other people, yeah. um, maintain it. Like they're, they, someone that's good at, at, you know, getting a startup off the ground, for example, isn't necessarily the best CEO when, right. when they come, when they, when you IPO. Right. So there's a, there's a different set of skills. Like for example, you, um, I haven't finished listening yet, but you recently had uh, Michel, uh, yeah, with Strada, with and uh, and he just at Reactor Europe uh, blew everyone's mind with this new idea of a way to m- do GraphQL um, stuff, and then said, you know, at the end of his talk, look, I don't have the uh, <laughs> I, I don't have the the time to to maintain this. This is just an idea that I came up with. Somebody else take this and run with it. Uh, which is, which is awesome. I love that there can be people, you know, creating those sparks and then someone else can go and fan the flames.
0: Well, this is the same thing with flux in general, right? I mean, they, Facebook said, Hey, we have this idea. This is how we do it. We, we, we don't really even have a fixed system for doing this. That's a good point. This is your idea. Like this is the idea. Go do whatever you need. And, uh, you know, through that became, you know, you know, Redux and, and, uh, a bunch of other kind of framework-like things for React um, or agnostic framework-type ideas and uh, it kind of morphed into kind of our our workflows today, which might not even involve uh, Redux, but still has those core ideas of, you know, a reducer yeah. and immutable state and all that kind of stuff.
1: Right, exactly. With the with the user reducer hook, it's pretty much in React now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, between that and context, it's like it just kind of made its way into React, which is which is really awesome to see. I mean, that was a... I don't know, like a a five year journey from kind of like Facebook saying like, Hey, this is a thing that we do. And then every, everyone making one of those. And then it kind of like, kind of uh, filtering down to pretty much Redux. And then now Redux is in React.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that similarly, we're, we're seeing all this competition in the GraphQL space of who's going to write the best GraphQL uh, client and server and stuff. And like that's apparently Facebook has already solved that problem to their um, to their level of, of contentment and at, mm-hmm. at Facebook they have their own way of doing things, but I like that they share this idea of let's let the ecosystem fight this out and see what um, what the winning architecture is at the end.
0: Yeah. So I want to jump back to uh, to final form the library for a second and yep. um, just ask you, how are you kind of architecting support for the different platforms now? So you have you have final form. That's kind of the, the core of this. Yes. Uh, this idea. And that's just, uh, you know, JavaScript uh, objects and arrays kind of observing blurs and focus and, mm-hmm. and inputs. And that can be used anywhere. Yep. Um, and now you have wrappers uh, for the different platforms that you might use. So what does that, what does that look like?
1: Right. Well, I, when I, when I launched, I, I launched it with react final form because react is my favorite um, mm, library tool. Yeah. Yeah. UI, tool framework. Yeah. Tool <laughs> yeah. Podcast. Uh, and uh, it's, so that's, I sort of think in React now when I'm just when I'm designing UI, but it was but it was clear to me that uh, it could be used elsewhere, and uh, it took a it took a while. Uh, like I, I sort of put this thing out there and I said, look, somebody else come and write your own your own um, thing to your own bindings to to mm-hmm. something else. And one of the first ones was Vue, because Vue was becoming popular uh, mm-hmm. at the time and, and still is. And uh, somebody wrote a a way to connect it to Vue, I've I've still never written any view so I don't really understand fully understand how that works but um so there's a view one and uh like a year later somebody wrote a web components uh a way to hook up uh oh, cool. to manage your form state from web components in final form and i've heard some some of the some people in the in the issues have mentioned that their that they have their company has their own proprietary uh view wrapper around it. Nice. Uh, And it's just recently, I I noticed that if you look at the, um, at the NPM download charts uh, first, you know, the, the final form and react final form start out really together. And then at some point final form takes off and, and, um, React final forms sort of holds holds steady with growth, but clearly someone else is using it with something other than than my react uh, wrapper so and the but the and the react wrapper is literally just managing uh when you when when the component mounts it's it, it um, when the form mounts it creates this this form instance and puts it in the context and then when the fields mount they they ask for the form in the context and register themselves, hmm. and um, so it's all—it's all just. Um, there's very little actual code in React Final Form. That's why it's the, the bundle size is so small. It's all about converting. Is it's it's all about knowing about React Synthetic Event and how to get the value out of that and and give it back to to Final Form because Final Form doesn't doesn't care.
0: So I I have a question about this this model. Is is React Final Form, is that something that is just kind of like, there's, there's only one way to do it? Or are there opinions baked in that someone might not share and maybe go off and build their own kind of React Final Form uh, version?
1: As the author of React Final Form, I thought there's no way, there's no reason that anyone would want to at least not start building up top of React Final Form to use Final Form in React. Boy, that's a complicated test sentence. Uh, but I was... Pleasantly surprised this at this year's uh, React Europe to see to see someone uh, Charlie Poli I think is how his name is pronounced who has built a thing called React Apollo Form which which combines which sort of marries uh, forms and and GraphQL and he's doing this this stuff where it's like doing introspection on the GraphQL. To to sort of to create your form, uh, to build your form, and know what the fields are, and I guess do some validation on the on the typing or something. I I haven't actually attempted to use this thing, but it looks really cool. Huh. And uh, which is which is great. That's that's why I I made the decision that I did to keep the libraries separate. Um, Ah, I just remembered one of the other complaints about Redux Form was how like the bundle size got so big because all the features were added to the to the to the main package the yep. main bundle right and so there's a lot of stuff in there that if you're building a login form you don't necessarily need all the stuff to manage complex arrays of of yep. form of fields and things and one of the other design goals of final form and react final form was to have sort of a plug-in architecture where you could build your own form library from from pieces and so if you don't need complex field arrays then you don't have to install that but mm-hmm. but when your project gets to the point where you need that then you, there's just this thing you can plug in and install and it's been really it's been really cool to see how how there's different ways there's different Form uh, structures that can be built using this the system of uh, sort of plugins that i that I enabled for final form
0: yeah so are there challenges with this type of architecture that you've experienced like the having a core and then having a bunch of different adapters
1: uh, yes the primary challenge is sometimes there will be a I mean, one of one of the let's start with one of the benefits one of the benefits is you can have Final Form and React Final Form uh, installed, and there could be a bug fix down in the core of Final Form that will fix uh, things, and you only have to upgrade that one library because it's uh, because it didn't that change didn't affect Final Form, and mm-hmm. it's kind of cool that even even like the the type descriptors can are uh, will flow through React Final Form, and the However, sometimes you fix something uh, or you in order for a feature to be available in React Final Form, something has to change in final form, which means keeping the dependencies in sync like sometimes sometimes a change in React final form will require an upgrade to final form and it can get a little bit messy in managing the two different version uh, systems it 's not like you know how uh, the the Babel team, for example. Uh, the, when they, when they change a version, they change a version for all their, all their little bits, even, even if they, maybe the, the code hasn't changed in those, but it sort of keeps them in line. Um, and I suppose react and react dom itself does the same sort of thing.
0: Yeah. So how are you organizing that? Is that all just uh, like different repositories or do you have it kind of pulled in as a monorepo like, uh, you know, Babel and some of those other projects?
1: I wish I had set it up as a monorepo. repo uh, i 'm feeling some pain with the with having them all separate, uh, but they are under a a common github organization, organization. yeah cool
0: cool uh, i'm sure that that does help in, in are the packages released under an an npm organization or are they all separate
1: not yet, but uh, i when the community starts to uh also supports this new way of of publishing things on github uh th- where github does force all of your stuff to, to be under an organization yep um so I, i've noticed uh I, I, the react testing library for example um has already has already switched over to have it, it went from not having an organization to having an organization recently um, so I think eventually that's going to, that's going to be the way it is. And it groups all this stuff together in, in the, in your package JSON nicely. And, um, but not yet, but soon.
0: Yeah. It's, it, there's a lot of, uh, nice advantages, but it ha it is hard if you kind of had a library before some of these, uh, these patterns were popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Babel moving to that style was like a really big shift in, uh, m- I guess making it uh, reasonable. I think a lot of people were, were scared of installing like at whatever packages. And I think that yeah. now it's, it's kind of starting to, to actually be the opposite now where you realize like, Oh, this package is actually maintained by the, the organization that maintains the other packages. And so hopefully it'll be released or considered at the same time. It's, um, it, it's hard keeping up with those kinds of things, isn't it?
1: For sure. For sure. And one question I've received one time at a conference was, uh, so you've got this in a in a GitHub organization. Who else is in the organization? And <laughs> I've had to say, well, it's it's just me. I just did that to bunch to bundle this stuff together in the same place in in GitHub. But uh, it's an yeah, organization I, of one, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I wanted to transition a little bit into uh, what it's looked like for you to maintain open source while working. Um, first of all, how do you kind of find the time to do this in a project that isn't kind of like actively being used for work?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, a, a, a an hour or two here or there I can, I can look and go check the, um, issues and PRs really. It's to the point where I r- look more at PRs than at issues because there's enough of a community of users that will, that will help on questions that are, yeah. that are issues. Um, and and some yeah it's uh i i find the time when i can yes yeah. i don't have i don't i can't say a particular amount of hours every week that i get to put into it but um yeah, it kind of requires know, I, like a
0: a variable amount of time huh
1: yeah and it's it it it's a hobby it's something that i that i like that for sure isn't paying any bills um and it's just when i when i can
0: Yeah. So last time we chatted, we talked a little bit about, um, kind of open source monetization and the difficulty there. Um, and, and right after that, GitHub announced that they were going to be kind of, uh, jumping into that space and making it a little bit easier to contribute, um, or, or sponsor or kind of help some of these open source maintainers and creators. Um, is that something that excites you um does that uh, add anything valuable over kind of the options before uh, obviously this is something that you you had suggested github would be like the perfect place for this um w- w- what's your excitement level about that
1: yeah so i can't see i can't see with a library of my size ever having enough support to you know have that be my full time job even mm-hmm. though i would i would i would Love that very very much, um, but for sure when I started getting a little bit of income from uh, what used to be Code Sponsor that turned into Code Fund, uh, where with advertising on the Redux form uh, web uh, docs pages was generating a, a very small amount of money, but it was it was monthly uh, monthly revenue that. I, I certainly felt more motivated when I when I was when I had final form mostly built and I was sort of going through a little bit of burnout with that and I saw that I was getting money from 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 Redux form I thought all right well uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and f- go ahead and finish this and get out the door um, as for f- GitHub yeah they are I still think that GitHub should have some sort of ad model. That I, I know people, people really get upset when I, when I, when I mention that, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want banner ads on my, on my, on my repo. Uh, but I think the internet has shown and, you know, television and radio before that, that the, the there's a really sound business model if you're producing content to have it be free with, uh, with, with advertising rather than paid. Like hmm. no one, no one goes and, and no one says, I'm going to go listen to this. I'm going to go listen to, to this podcast, but every episode costs, you know, $2 or something. Sure. No, no one's going to, no one's going to listen to that. Uh, and I think, I think there's more, there's more money in having people see it, see an ad than asking for donations because the donate button uh, isn't really good for much.
0: Yeah, it's you know it's really interesting. I've I've actually had a similar uh, problem with uh, with his show or similar challenge with his show in that um, trying to figure out how to monetize it and yeah, donate or kind of Patreon or any of that kind of stuff was just not something. I it's tricky because like I think a lot of people want like an added value, right? It's not just like oh I like this show I'm gonna like kind of support it. And I'm the same way. I I mean I have it's very difficult to set me separate me from my money. Um, right. And so like, so that's really hard. And like, I didn't, I just didn't have anything that I could, you know, reasonably add without making this, the show prohibitively difficult for me to produce every week, kind of like thinking about the show and then also like an ad. And so I definitely empathize with the problem and it does feel like, um, kind of advertising really is, is that space where like a lot of people can just ignore it um yep. but then it also gives you you know a little bit of value to kind of keep doing the thing that you you want to do every day
1: and not only that but uh developers the kind of people that are looking at api docs all day uh we are really good eyes to get in front of your ads because mm-hmm. uh for example a lot of the a lot of the folks that advertise with with codefund are uh, like infrastructure yep. uh you know logging your errors and stuff on your server and stuff and mm-hmm. things like that which if you if you're doing a a, a saas product that is for uh, engineers or something yes the developers are the ones that are that are potentially making those decisions or at least can surface those to their to their uh to their bosses but also i think developers are uh just you know we're we're uh we're nerds that like uh, expensive little gadgets and stuff <laughs> i like it would i can see that there that there could be potential for advertising other things not you know yeah you know starting with like a smartphone case or something <laughs> and and going up to some new uh little gadget that does yeah. that does something cool so we like
0: I, we like pricey stuff when we like free stuff
1: Right, exactly, and developers also uh, have fatter wallets than most of the people bumming around the internet. So uh, we, you know, we're we can buy. We have spending money more so than than your average internet browser, I would think.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's super interesting. Yeah, it's you know, it, it definitely continues to be a challenge um, that it is hard to solve, and I think it's hard. I, I I think I I know for me it was really hard to kind of actually like. Bring on, you know, sponsors and advertising onto the show, just like philosophically. But that's just, I think, once I got over that, I realized, kind of like what you were saying, that's just that's just part of the process, right? Is, is that if, if you want to support something, it, it's hard to like actually get money for the thing that you're doing, right. um, but it can be valuable for a lot more people to say like, hey, when you when you have this problem and you solve this need, go over here and like, you know, you, you've already heard it a hundred times. Like this is the product that you know, right that you need.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, you know, good brand advertising is, you know, anyone that listens to podcasts knows about, you know, Squarespace, uh, and, <laughs> right. And MailChimp and MailChimp. Yeah. They, they were the big ones before. And, uh, I mean, and, let's see, yes, the, the, it makes a lot of sense for the, the whole, um, sponsor the month, you know, some like with, them. Open Collective and those guys, mm-hmm. where you can say "I want to give or patreon i want to give so many so many dollars a month uh, to to this project that's that's great, but yeah again, corporations are just bigger versions of us that don't want to part with our money yeah. and you know how many like if you if you think how many man hours have have code that i've written and open sourced saved you know, the global economy, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's an awful lot of money there (laughs) and and value and not, not money value. Uh, But you can't charge for, for an open source thing because Mm -hmm. then a competitor will pop up for and undercut you or, you know, or be free. And also the whole idea with open source, I mean, you know, there's, there's two definitions of of free. There's, you know, free as in speech and free as in beer. Uh, And open source has been, has been both, for for a while and you can't if you're going to allow people to read through your source you can't then charge them money to to use yeah. it because they can just literally copy and paste and and have have your have your source code totally so that's that's a um that's a stumbling block but I I don't know we'll see uh, where it goes it'll be interesting over the next 5 or 10 years to see what open source turns into yeah. and if we have you know, people that shine really brightly and burn out so often, as as this is currently the case, or or what happens? I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's worth worth noting as well that you know the more uh, successful or like at least the self sustaining open collective projects are actually heavily funded by by companies who consider that advertising.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> um, so that's I mean, that's kind of bringing it back to that like advertising space. It's it's kind of like a, a a, a workaround, um, but like the ones that are successful, really have had to take on like pretty big, um, uh, you know, higher level incomes, I guess, from you know bigger companies who see it as like a chance to get in front of developers as like a sign of goodwill, etc.
1: Yeah, exactly. The um, that if if a uh, if a company wants to sponsor a repository, for example, and get their logo on the on on the top of the readme or whatever. That's great if they're looking to hire the kind of people that are that are that know enough of React or whatever to use this particular library. That seems, yeah, job job ads seems like a great a great fit. I mean, that's that's how Stack Overflow, uh, you know, became profitable. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I know that you have some other hobbies going on in your life. You got uh, two podcasts. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about those? What what you're doing that isn't tech related?
1: Yeah, so a couple months ago, I started uh, two podcasts with a uh, with a friend. Uh, my friend is a uh, he's a career long uh, criminal justice reform wonk and has worked with uh, with state governors and stuff to to reduce prison population and, and help re- with recidivism and things like that. And uh, that's not really a thing that I was particularly interested in. But every time I would get together with him, uh, he would he would start talking about this stuff. And it was just fascinating to hear him talk and hear the nuance. And immediately I had questions. And so I, um, I said, hey, why don't we start a podcast? Because this is sort of an interesting thing to talk about and, and listen about and so we created a podcast called seek justice It's at seekjustice.fm uh and you can go there and listen it's not it it's, it's, there's no tech involved it's um but it's an interesting topic and it's an interesting problem especially in the US with uh with incar with over overpopulation in prisons yeah there's a it's a it's a big um it's a big problem and then with the With the same friend, I've got another one that's just sort of a silly one where we make each other laugh and have fun and talk about our lives and stuff. Uh, And that's called Happy Hour uh, at happyhour.fm. And so we would appreciate any listeners and, you know, obviously, (laughs) Patreon patrons would be be nice too, but uh, (laughs) we don't have any advertising yet, but um, we got to get our viewer numbers up a little bit higher first. So everyone... Stop this podcast and go go listen to that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: HappyHour.fm. That's a that's a, a solid domain.
1: Yeah, I, I was pleased to uh, to acquire that.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. Do you do you also have a domain acquisition issue? A lot of people on the show do.
1: Uh, you mean like a bunch of domains that I've acquired for projects that I have never started? And uh, yes. Yep,
0: that's the one. That's the that's the one.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> we need we need to come up with a a name for that, like domainitis or something.
0: I know. We need to you know what we need to do is we need to come up with some type of thing where it's like, you know, every time you you buy a domain, you also support, you know, a, a podcast or open source or whatever. Like right. you already got your wallet open. Exactly. Wallet open. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. We should briefly go back and talk about hooks.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, um, so let's let's jump back in, and we'll talk about hooks. Hooks. I yeah. was going to ask if there was anything that you wanted to end with. So this, this is perfect timing.
1: Yeah. So uh, when when hooks came out, obviously it was amazing and blew all of our minds. Um, and with that same, I guess maybe the following day, because that that uh, that announcement was late at night in in Spain where I live uh the next day i i i made, i sort of i rewrote uh react final form using using hooks because like i said before react final form is really just a thin layer over the final form engine and it was really like it was um it was like 45 lines of code or something in the, uh after being prettified and it was it was just very a clean way to um to because with react final form, what it is, is it's, it's subscribing to this other sort of third party non react thing. Right. Uh, which is what, you know, use effect is, is good at for, you know, even listeners and things. Uh, so I, I did that just sort of as a proof of concept. And then, uh, I had my, a lot of my library consumers were, uh, complaining that, uh, the The way I was using the context API was not very good, and and they were they were getting warnings when they were using strict mode and stuff about because I was using uh, component will receive props or one of those other um, deprecated lifecycle methods, and so I sat down and I rewrote all of React final form in uh, using hooks, and I was very pleased with how how much. How it just made more more sense. Like before, when you um, when you mounted your your form, it would go and create the the final form instance, and then, like I said before, the indi- all the individual uh, fields would register and get updates. Uh, and before, I had to have all these different lifecycle methods where I had to unregister and re-register if you changed if you changed some way of the of your your config parameters. And so with, um, with, with hooks and uh, use effect, it just sort of I, I could say these are the things that if they change, I need to unregister and re-register. And also because final form was already using the subscriber observer pattern of when you subscribe, you get a function back that is going to unsubscribe, uh, which happens to be the the Same pattern that uh, use effect wants, so it all just really came together in a very nice way. And then, just when I was about to release that, it occurred to me that really any component uh, that is injecting state using either either a higher order component or a or a or a render prop, um, any component that is really Let's see, any component that is managing state and then and then providing it to you when written with hooks you can take all of that code and extract it out into one custom hook that does all of it right and then you could in, and then I was able to export that so uh, there's a now there's a field component that all it does is call use field and gives you that state and then there's also a use field hook that you can potentially, import to make your own field component in whatever way you wanted to and that's when that occurred to me that was um, th- that was intense to understand that uh, in much the same way you know Michael Jackson famously said uh, anything you can do with a higher order component I can do with render props and he and he pretty much proved it and um, and I think anything you can do with not not exactly it's not true that anything you can do with hooks with a with a render prop you can do with hooks because that's that's not true because uh your hook happens outside um outside of your jsx if that makes sense your your um, so for example an important part of react final form that I haven't mentioned yet is that it was built from the ground up to be able to specifically uh Subscribe to changes to different parts of your form state, and not have to re-render the whole form on every single value change, for example. And so one, and but one thing that you can't do with hooks so much is control the re-renders inside your JSX. Once you get once you once you get to your return statement, and it's all JSX on the all the way down, including render props and things, um, you can't you can't put hooks in there, right? So you can build your own. You can build your own separate component that, where in which case the use field will control the rendering, re-rendering of it, um, as the same as field does. I, I don't know if people are able to follow what I'm saying here, but um, hooks, <laughs> well, it seems like it, Hooks it seems are like awesome. Poses really nicely
0: with hooks that you can kind of like add your own layers of abstraction, and that feels really natural in a way that it 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 hasn't in the past.
1: For sure, for sure. The the lifecycle methods you know they were an okay solution to the problem at the time but uh hooks are so much more flexible and reusable and composable and stuff
0: yeah cool well i'm glad that you uh you brought it back to that because i think hooks are uh, understanding how like every library uh, integrates with hooks is um is critical uh, is there anything else that you want to kind of leave us with before we go any more uh, prophecies
1: <laughs> Let's see uh no uh just to keep up the good work. I enjoy this podcast every week. So thank you. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you. Well, it is good to, 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 to finally have you on. And, uh, and, and we got, we got two conversations out of it. So, uh, so thanks for being on. Uh, I appreciate your time. You
1: should publish the other one for Patreons only or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: That's a good idea. It's a good idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Behind the scenes.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, Eric.
1: Yes. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to React Podcast. This has
0: been episode number 55 with Eric Rasmussen, and I'm Chantastic. Thanks to our sponsor this week, Get Prime, for making this show possible. Visit getprime.com slash 20 patterns, that's the number 20 patterns, to get their free book, 20 patterns to watch for in your engineering team. It will give you the insights you need to lead your team to new heights of productivity. This episode of React Podcast was edited by Mikhail Delport. It was produced by Mikhail Delport and Sarah Jackson. You can find React Podcast on spec a network to help designers and developers level up. Visit spec.fm to find other shows that will take you further in your career. Help us out by reviewing this show on iTunes. Your reviews help the show grow and help us ensure great guests and awesome content week to week. To join the discussion, visit ReactPodcast.com slash chat or follow us on Twitter at React I'm at Chantastic. To stay out of the discussion but get updates, visit ReactPodcast.com/slash news and sign up for emails. Thanks so much for giving us your attention. We'll be in your ears again next week.